Welcome to Hello Uglies, the Dragula recap show for Season 3, Episode 8, titled Halloween Haunt. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one pernicious co-host from the Bloody Podcast Network. Please say hello, Uglies, to Lowry Rockencamp. Hello, Shut- Lowry Rock- <laughs> It's another week, Laurie, where we have to, um, you know, well, actually, we're not really in a rush because everyone should know a little secret. After we take a break, we are for the first time probably in the history of broadcasting going to actually take a break because Laurie has to go to one of those points. I'm in the same boat as you are when you hear this. She has to go see her personal trainer. Uh Uh-huh. And, uh... And hey, then, I've been getting muscular. Mm-hmm. I'm up to being able to hold 15 pound dumbbells. So yeah, you know, I'm just saying. Yeah. Now, can you actually? But you can do reps with them, or just hold them? No, I can just hold them. Oh, okay. Good. I can hold them uh, if I have something underneath them. Mm-hmm. Sustain. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I can do reps with them. Oh wow! Look at you. Yeah. So she I has know. to go to a personal trainer, then a chiropractor, and I'm supposed to go to a thing tonight. So when we take a break, we're going to actually literally take a break. Might as well be honest with it about it, right, Lori? Yeah. Now, Lori, you what did, you had to you, now I had I had to go to an old people lunch. Right? So was it was it technically a dinner then? I know seriously. <laughs> no, it was lunch, but is it's late enough? Yeah, I know. Where and, I could uh, see I could see that being a dinner. Yeah, my parents bought these like charity things for their church. You know, where they uh, uh-huh. pay $20 and you get like a, a prefix meal and you show up and you have your choice and you get these things. And I, and I have to be the, because my parents, you know, like, well, they wanted to tip her, which I could see you being like this too. They wanted to tip her on what they, you know, what they paid for this charity meal, you know? And I was like, no, you got to tip her on what it would be. And uh, I don't think they were too happy about that. I told them I'd tip. I, do, I dropped the tip. I'm like, no, we'll do it. I was more than willing to drop the tip. I had a free meal. Oh, see, yeah. If 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 you if you wanted to tip the what the meal sh- would have been, I would have been like, yeah, then you pay for it, then you pay for the tip. But I'm not going to pay for the. Oh, really? So you you're in agreement with them? Yeah. But Lori, why should they get less of a tip just because you paid less? Like they're still uh, doing the same it's amount my of work. Money, and I want to give. I want to give the amount that I want to give. That's why. If they didn't want to work off tips, they shouldn't have joined the service industry. Well, okay, well, once again, if you want to leave hate mail for Lowry Rocking Camp or send us a mean voicemail, you can go to HelloUglies.com and send us a voicemail. By the way, Laura, we have four voicemails, and I promise you none of them are from Rob from Tennessee. I've lost all compassion for waiters and waitresses because I I used to work at a food delivery service, and uh, soldiers coming home from Iraq are more humble than waiters and waitresses. They, They act like they're serving, you know. They're in the battlefield, healing people. It's like calm down. So yeah. Once again, a whole rant. Once again, any complaints? HelloUglies.com. Leave your voice messages there. You can also, if you if you listen to us on the Anchor app, you can go to um. I think I think I don't know. Go to HelloUglies.com. He's the same place, but you can leave us a message to the Anchor app. Anyway, Lori, like I said, we have four voicemails. We need to address all four of them, and then we're going to get into the show. Are you ready? The first one is from actually uh, a listener that we know, right? Luke, uh-huh. Luke Stamen. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, here we go. 
Hello, Joe and Luann. This is Luke Stamen, your favorite listener ever. I was just wondering if anyone has brought it to your attention that the opening of season one of episode three of Dragula is likely an homage to the opening scene from Halloween 4, Return of Michael Myers, or something. Yeah, I'm still listening to the podcast. I'm behind a few episodes, so potentially someone has told you this. But I just wondered if someone has brought it to your attention. It is like, in many scenes, or many parts of it, it's almost like a play-by-play reenaction of Halloween 4. I don't know. So maybe that's why it seems confusing and there are so many plot errors. I think it was just trying to stay original to that or something. I don't know. Here's a voicemail. Oh, yeah. You see, I think Luke is a few episodes. Luke. Um, oh right, my you, God, that <laughs> Luke might not know this because he's a couple episodes behind. Somebody raised has told us this a couple of yeah. times, Luke. Yeah. yeah, and you know what's funny is yeah. it's like word for word what the guy, oh, really? what the other guy said. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even notice. All right. Yeah, word word for word, exactly what the other guy said. All right. So the no. next one is from. But anyway, Luke, we didn't know it at the time. But now we now we, we definitely, we definitely know. know. All right. Next is from Haley. You know the listener Haley and Haley's mom. Yes. All right. Here we go. Hello, Lori and Joe. This is Haley from Tennessee, and I was wondering if anyone had brought it to your attention <laughs> that the opening scene from episode one, season three of Dragula, is most likely an homage to Halloween three, Michael Myers or some shit. It's actually a play-by-play reenactment. Such a. I didn't do anything. Did Haley. you give them the nope. script? Nope, nope. Now Haley, let me did you give them the script? Haley, of this Lord, I don't know what you're talking about. I think a lot of people. I think here's the deal, and I don't blame these people. Oh because my the, god! The release schedule for Dracula is all over the place, so they're probably just getting to these episodes because they don't know when the Boulay brothers are going to release these episodes. So Haley, I don't know if you just heard the moment from Luke Samen. Yes, we've been told that. Um, this is that. Uh, this is uh, uh, the yes. We do know it's from Halloween. All right, here we go. The next voicemail uh, is from someone just named Joe. That's all I know. Oh. From someone named Joe. Oh my god! My st- I I should not have had two back to back Robex Muscle Max movies because <laughs> I'm about to. I'm well, you're gonna be very muscular. You're so muscular with those back to back Robex movies. Okay, here's the next one. Next one is from a guy named Joe. Hello, Lori and Joe. This is Rob from Tennessee, and I was just wondering if anyone has brought it to your attention that the opening sketch from Episode 1, Season 3 of Dragula is the same as the opening scene from Halloween 4. So Michael Myers shit. I'm a couple episodes behind, so I'm not sure if anyone brought it up to you. That's weird because his voicemail says Joe, but he said his name was Rob. Uh, Rob, a couple of people, I don't know if you've heard, a few people have written in. I mean, identical. That's the crazy thing. Is mm-hmm. they they're saying exactly the same words, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. that's pretty. That's pretty crazy. All right. <laughs> here's the, here's the last uh, voicemail. Okay. Hello, Lori and Joe. This is Rob from Tennessee, and I was just wondering if anyone has brought it to your attention that the opening sketch from episode one, season three of Dragula, is the same as the opening scene. From Halloween 4. You gave them a script. <laughs> you gave these people these people a script to read. No, I didn't. What are you talking about? Oh my god. That's it, look, Laurie, people on the internet, they, they like to jump on little mistakes. I think a lot of people noticed, you know, that Halloween is a big movie franchise. They've all known, you know, they're all all over the place in the episodes. And so um 
I wonder what it's like to be a female named Rob. That must be yeah, hot. That must yeah, be yeah. Uh, Daniel Riley said he he left a voicemail. So I don't know if you want to play that. I did. He did. I, I haven't gotten that voicemail. He he said he he just left it. Oh, he did. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, let's go get that now. Hmm. I wonder what Daniel Riley left the voicemail about. I mean, I'm sure it's something new. Uh huh. That that you know. That we haven't addressed in the show yet. Oh, yeah. I have one from Daniel Ryan. I'll just play it right here and there. Are you ready? Yeah. Here we go. Hello, Lord E and Joe. This is Daniel from Dublin, Ireland. And I was wondering if it was brought to your attention that the opening sketch from episode eight could be a possible homage to the opening scene <laughs> in Halloween Horror, <laughs> Return of Michael Myers or some shit. Well, <laughs> okay. Now, all jokes aside. Hi, uh... Um, my question to you is, what's your least favorite part about this season, and why is it Louisiana showing a fucking ass every single fucking floor show? I am sick of it. I don't want to see it. This Louisiana purchase fucking shows her fucking asshole every single floor show, and I am done. I'm so happy she's gone. She overstayed her welcome. Get us a bit Preach it. But um, anyway, I think next season, an extermination challenge should be the queens have to watch uh, Louisiana strip. Oh my I god. I think no one's gonna survive. I think it's gonna be a fucking triple elimination. Anyway, love the show, love all your work, love you guys. Bye bye. I'm very angry right now. I love this. No, I'm very angry. Daniel. <laughs> I love this. Daniel. Daniel Daniel, no. you did good. Daniel. Work. No, 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 he did not. Lori <clears throat> We've discussed Louisiana purchased ad nauseum on this show. Ad nauseum. Yeah. So like if he's gonna call call him something we haven't done before on this show. But you know what? What? My hate knows knows no bounds for Louisiana's purchases asshole. That's how that's how much I I don't like seeing it. Is that I could talk to I could do a whole podcast yeah. called Louisiana's Louisiana's asshole. Now let me ask you this question because in the beginning he was clearly doing a Joe Batanz impression. It was good. Yeah. What did you hear the one I sent you earlier? Uh no. What was the one? Oh, you sent I sent you one. Oh yeah, I got one earlier today too. Tell me which one is better. So you heard Daniel Riley's, right? Okay. This is actually for Drag Race recap, but we'll play it here. Here you go. Daniel, let me ask you something. Have you seen this Gothy Kendall's nudes? Oh my god. So I call up this Taylor the Latte boy and I say, "Listen, you need to go on this Discord and see this Gothy Kendall's nudes." But anyway, I really love this blue hydrangea. Oh, oh my god. My god, Mike Lawson, this blue hydrangea, I am in love. So what were your thoughts on that impression? The cadence is really good. I would I would say the voice maybe not, yeah. but then again it's like, you know, I think you just have to get fat if you want to have your, <laughs> your voice. <laughs> or just stuff food in your in your mouth. Yeah. Uh, and your sort mm-hmm. food in your cheeks. Mm-hmm. But um the cadence was great. Yeah, and yeah. props to Daniel for his American accent. Um, and to answer, da- Daniel asked, "What? What? Uh, didn't he ask like what were the things we didn't like about this episode, the, this season?" And uh, I would say that for the most part, I feel like they've been fixing the things mm, that the we floor have show, the way they do the floor show, the way they shoot the floor show. Well, they uh, they fixed, didn't well, they? Well, no, they, had they real... just they had to because they didn't have that many contestants left. But they should they should be oh, doing the way they you did think the floor that that's show. Why? Yeah, the way they did this floor show should be all the floor shows. <laughs> yeah, should be like that. I will say. Well, we'll get into it. But I will say, I, I did think it was weird. It's like I feel like there's no middle ground. 
Like it's mm-hmm. either like we're we're gonna show you each individual person's doing it, or we're gonna show it all at once, mash it together, and then nobody's gonna like it. Yeah. <laughs> so. hmm. All right, let's move on. Actually, this week a scantily clad drag queen is swiftly stabbed by Drek Morda. The remaining contestants are challenged to dress up as amplified versions of iconic Halloween characters. Priscilla apologizes to Dahlia. The cast needs to give a pumpkin a glow up and compete head to head against each other in a lip sync battle. For their lives. In the end, Landon Sider was named the winner of the challenge, while all the contestants, including Landon, are forced to find an invite to the final three in the depths of an abandoned haunted house attraction. Later that night, Louisiana Purchase is innocently strolling through a desolate Halloween display when she is murdered at the hands of the Boulay brothers. Lori, a rockin' camp, named two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. Um, <clears throat> the two things I liked, I liked the... Um... Well, I'm going to start backwards. I I didn't like the the outfits for the the challenge. I thought they were kind of lazy. I mean, for the most part, if you consider this to be like the what they called like gay Christmas, if this is like the Mecca, mm-hmm. even Landon Siders, I felt like wasn't really that scary. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt like he's done more stuff in the past that has been a lot scarier and a lot more interesting. Yeah. Um. And then what I did like was, uh, I guess I I liked the 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 floor show, the but I you're I think you're right. I think that because they have less people, they're able to spend more time. Mm-hmm. But I thought the floor show was edited pretty well, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> I, uh, you know, I always like seeing Israel. I wish he had more stuff to do. Who? I feel like they kind of Israel. I feel like they stopped giving him stuff to do. So, oh, and yeah, another thing. I like that Louisiana left. Finally. Yeah. Uh, two things left about the episode. Um, I liked the concept of the floor show and the challenge and all that. I don't know if it was necessarily delivered, you know, if the contestants delivered what could have been, but I like the idea of it. Uh, second thing I liked about the uh, show is, you know what? I liked the way they, I liked the atmosphere of how they killed Louisiana. Or maybe I just like seeing Louisiana, mur- Louisiana murdered. And and I will tell you, I mean, we'll talk about this later, but I was getting afraid because, you know, my whole big thing was Reddit kept pr- predicting that Louisiana was going to be in the top three. And yeah. I was getting scared that they were going to be right. So it was sort of gratifying to see that they weren't. And then the yeah. one thing I didn't like, um... And I guess this is sort of a cop out, but and it, this is a compliment to the show. And I have trouble finding things I didn't like. Um, I didn't feel that the queens delivered like they could have. It seems like, to be honest with you, it seems like they're kind of not over it because they're terrible people, but just probably just exhausted by this point. So it just oh, yeah. seemed like they were just going through the motions to just finish the challenge, just get through it. Yeah, you know? I, I can see that. Yeah. It just sort of felt like they were like, okay, let's just do this and be done with it already. So I, I don't think I, I don't think I, I was digging that. Uh, all right, uh, let's talk about that cold open. We open on a gloomy street in Halloween. Kids are roaming the street in costume as they go trick or treating. A scantily clad, what we can assume is a drag queen, even though someone in the chat room says they don't think it's a drag queen. Stumbles to the Boulay safe house. She walks up the stairs and rings the doorbell. Drac, in an outfit reminiscent of episode one, swiftly plunges a knife into the drag queen who falls into a lifeless pile on the ground. Drac Moore looks around and closes the door. Lori, your thoughts on this cold open? 
Um, it, it just made no sense. Yeah. I just didn't understand. Uh, here's the thing. And this, we said this in, in the Patreon, which check out Patreon if you want to get first responses. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, this must be a homage to something. I'm sure Rob will be able to tell us what it is mm-hmm. because I mean, I, I would love to know. I would love to know that this is, but yeah, I just, I couldn't, it, I couldn't place it. And I just thought, I don't know. I just thought it was very, um, I, I, I was thinking for a second that maybe it was, do you think it might be an homage to Psycho where the cop walks up the stairs and then the mom or, you know, Norman Bates dressed as the mom comes up out from the corner and stabs him and then no, he falls I think, down? I think it would be more obvious than that. I think, I think it's a horror movie that we are not, um, just, we just don't know horror movies like that well. Yeah, it's see. This is kind of making me go, man. I wish I watched more horror movies, but then I'm like, eh, I don't know. If well, I what's really funny is I've seen a lot of horror watch. movies. I've seen a lot of horror movies, but like, there, I mean, there are people who like. I mean, like, they they just know every horror movie. This could be like an obscure. Like, for instance, I'll be honest with you. I'm kind, I've seen every, but I'm kind of picky about my horror movies. I would never see Halloween for the Return of Michael Myers. Does that make sense? Oh, see, those are the only movies that I would want to see. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like to see the good ones, the high quality. Oh, no. I, like, I would see the original Halloween, but I wouldn't go into the fours. I would see the original Friday the 13th, but I wouldn't go to, like, Friday the 13th Part 8. You know, I'm, I just don't have oh. interest. I've never seen the original Leprechaun, but I've seen Leprechaun in the Hood, like, five times. I've seen Leprechaun in the Hood, yes. I've seen that, strange, because I think they did it on How Did This Get Made or something like that. So. Yeah. So I think I watched it for that reason. Uh, okay, so first of all, let's settle this. Do you think, do you, in your opinion, is that a drag queen or not a drag queen? Uh, I don't know. They said it was a slutty woman. So, which, I, you know what? I'm going to say, I mean, it's obviously a man dressed as a woman. Mm-hmm. So um, whether or not they were playing it as a woman or as a drag queen. Yeah. I'm going to say it's obviously a man dressed as a woman okay. either way. Okay. So, so whatever character, plus let's be honest, like there was no like character no. development or anything in the, in that, in the scene. And she was on the phone with somebody yeah. and it was like, wh- what was this? Like we got to see like four different sets of feet yeah, and then somebody dies and then the, and then Jack Warner just kind of lingers. And I just was like, I, I, I don't know. Look, I, because we don't get uh, the homage. If there is an homage, because we don't get it. If there is one, I'm going to analyze the way we usually do their, their opening sketches and just forget that it's an homage or something, which yeah. is okay. So this is their safe house. You can, t- I don't know if they, I don't know if it's supposed to be their safe house, but it's clearly the house that is the safe house. Right. So they're back at the safe house. I guess they're back at the safe house, right? And then Drek Morta comes out. Why is she... Because in every other... If if it's the same literal... Why is she dressed as like now a spooky zombie ghost? Which before they've been not spooky. They've been like sort of fierce Boulay brothers, right? Then she... All the woman did was just knock on the... Like, why did the woman go to this specific house? Yeah. That's what I want to know. And also, why is an adult woman trick-or-treating? Yes. And then why does Jack Moore open the door? There's no words. Not even like, what are you doing here or anything? She just like takes her and then like looks at her and then stabs her in the chest. And the woman... Now, by the way, everyone should know, not that this, there's supposed to be versimilitude in uh, on Dragula, but it's not like the movies, like an old-time movie where you get stabbed and you immediately die. Like, there would have been shrieking, running away, like... Bloss of blood, collapse. It's not like yeah, knife and body instantly dead. Yeah, 
It's yeah. actually quite gruesome. Being stabbed is a very, very gruesome act. You yeah, know? well, uh, what was his face? Uh, the co-ed killer, Ed Kemper. He said he said one of the things that he learned when he stabbed women was that it's not like one of, you know, like you said, it, they leak to death. That's what mm-hmm. he said. They leak to death. And so, yeah, it would just be the stumbling and, you know, gurgling and like, help me. You yeah. Know? yeah, 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 yeah. And so... Uh, also, the person on that phone call better have called police well also the same thing not that they're our terrible friend it happens on uh it happens in this episode too it's actually very when we're talking about this it's actually very difficult to choke someone to death or to strangle them to death it takes a long time and a great deal of force it's not an easy thing like you see in the movies same thing with drowning somebody it's not like you don't go underwater for four seconds and then you're dead yeah you know so and also a lot of things that people don't know is like one of the bigger issues is like you you go unconscious first. Yeah. So a big I love how we're talking about how to kill people. Mm-hmm. So if you're gonna drown somebody, guys, yeah. if they pass out, they're yeah. not dead. They well, are just passed out. Well, what's so funny, you need to still keep their head underwater for a long period of time. Well, what's funny is, and I want to talk about this right here, even though we can get more in depth about it later. But because we're running out of time. But um, what's funny, and so, most times I'm saying this, I know I'll forget, so you can remind me later to talk about this when we get to this part. I okay. do think that there is, and I understand that there's a difference between a fake TV show and real life. I trust me, I understand. But there is some sort of like poetic irony, if you will, to the fact that this show opens every fucking day with some sort of gruesome murder, ends with there's some sort of gruesome murder. And then they try to have an emotional moment in the middle of the show for the Pulse nightclub shooting. Yes. And it's like, you're a show that begins and ends with a celebration of murder and how the hosts senselessly murder a lot of people, right? And and it's just like, I just, I think I would just sort of, not that you can't, not that they don't feel pain for this. I get that it's ultimately a, a big joke and stuff like that. It just sort of seems... Not in the best taste to bring it up on this show. Yes. Well, I also feel like the way it was brought up, which we'll get into, was a little, you know, not necessarily the best way to bring it up, which is just like, you know, I I have friends who I I used to be there. So now I and I have friends who might work there still. It's like, well, what's funny is not funny. I don't mean this is funny is I do sort of feel like it's people who want to relate in some kind of way. Not that I'm not saying that that Dahlia's lying. And again, this is more of a reminder for us to talk about this later. But there are real like Roxy Andrews, I don't think was there that night, but there's another drag race queen that was there that night. But I didn't get the sense, because Roxy does talk about it on on All Stars, I believe. Or she talks about it somewhere. And it's one of these things where I feel people who... Oh, no, because it happened right after she filmed All Stars. Sorry. Oh, but, okay. Yeah. After she filmed All Stars 2 is when it happened. But uh, Roxy was very associated with Pulse Nightclub. And I think she's made a statement on social media. But it's not something that she wears like some sort of like... I just think people who really go through that don't trot it out for sympathy on a reality show. Yeah. Well, I and also, I, I will say this. I didn't like how it started. But then I also liked where it went. Mm-hmm. Because I felt like then they related it more to like as a whole. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. I thought 
I thought it was good because it did affect it. I mean, I was in I was in New Orleans when when that happened, and there was a huge church service, uh, you know, for for it at this church in New Orleans that a bunch of people went to. So, you know, I mean, it, as a in the gay community, it was it was definitely a big deal. No, but I, yeah, I, I was, on, I was like, in, when I heard about it. I was in the airport on the way to Hawaii, and my, my I was just sitting there. And my, a friend called me and told me, and I started crying. And my parents were like, "What the fuck just happened?" You know, and I try to explain to them. They're just like, whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, we're running out of time, Lori. So let's just say yeah. this, you know, is when we come back, we I, I, there's still stuff I want to talk about with this cold open. You know, yeah. there's still stuff where I want to talk about. Like, let's let when we come back, let's talk about the fact that, like, they took such great care to make sure there was no blood on the floor when they murdered someone. And then they just leave a corpse there on Halloween yes. when people will be coming and knocking on their doors. And just stay in like in public, like those two people <laughs> that we saw. Like, yeah. um, shoot. OK, yeah, I definitely got to go. Um, I just got heard back from her. Attention, podcasters. Oh, Attention. Perfect podcasters. timing. The commercials are about to begin. The commercials are about to begin. I repeat, the commercials are about to begin. The commercials are about right. to begin. Seriously, shut up. We are. The commercials are about to begin. All right, everyone, we will be back right after this. And when it's true, we're going to take an hour's long break, and we'll pick up right where we left off right after this. back Lori. okay we were talking about the cold open now grant that was the we signed off three hours ago exactly yes so it's been three hours i've rewatched the entire show have you really uh no oh <laughs> now what i did the- watch clips of it though at uh the chiropractor's office oh really which people were like what are you watching <laughs> and i was like oh, a tv show what are you watching <laughs> yeah shut up so uh no one asked you so, yeah. uh, you, you know what? You should have said, I don't care. And then that person would have freaked the fuck out. Oh, yeah. And then I would have been like, and then I would have been upset. Yeah. Because they didn't understand what I meant by I don't care. Yeah. It would have been a whole thing. Yeah. Anyway, uh, while we were away, I did read uh, the Dragula blog about the episode. And so, uh, I want to give credit where credit is due. Uh, someone named Murado Murado. A user, Reddit user named Murado Murado said, If anyone is curious, the queen killed in the intro was Mindy Lamour. She also made the garments the Boulay, the Boulay brothers are wearing during judging. <gasps> no. She's a really talented designer and queen in L.A. Do you know Mindy Lamour? No, but somebody in the, um, in the chat room earlier said that. They were like, what happens if it's the person who, like made their outfits uh oh yeah nomi harder so do you think she might do the boulet's outfits and this was her cameo okay here's what you should know Lori. and i bring up this nami harder all the time this nami Uh harder he researches everything he's constantly correcting me on every he's the copyright you know what he has a new title he is the official afterthought copywriter you know, oh fact God. checker. Fact checker Nami Harder. So I'm sure Nami already knew that it was Mindy Lamour. I, I mean, he didn't put the name, so who knows? Maybe he didn't remember that it was... Uh... So so we know it's Mindy Lamour. Do mm-hmm. we know what it, it... Do we know if it's in reference to something? 
I don't know. Probably just gave her a cameo. Now, I don't know. I, I tried looking for that. I couldn't see anything. Now, let me ask you this. What were the things I wanted to talk about here? Okay, the cold open. Here's what I don't get. Like I said before, the fact that I can't tell what the reference is and I haven't been able to find what the reference is, if there is a reference, uh, I'm going to pick it apart the way I would anything, right? Yeah. So you're saying, we talked about the stabbing, how you wouldn't die that quickly from a stabbing. No, you would leak, and you would yeah. like, and you'd be like, oh, you wouldn't just help, fall help. down. Why did you? Why did you? Why did you stab me? You know, ow, 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 help, and then they'd be crawling and stuff like that. Right? I've been stabbed. Hey, yeah. you, you two in the vans yeah. that we keep seeing, yeah, running by. Uh, uh, and then stabbed me. I love, I love how uh, the last shot is just a leaf blowing through the blowing off the ledge like you know somebody's trying to be artsy yeah just be like this is the most beautiful thing <laughs> now let me ask you this question oh my God. let me ask you this question and i brought this up earlier it's halloween night people are trick-or-treating they're going door to door so one does that mean anyone who comes and trick-or-treats at the boulet brothers house is going to get stabbed two yeah. aren't they going to find this corpse on the stairs and also, there were people just just right before she walked, walking by that area. Mm-hmm. So that's a whole area that people are walking by. Also, it's like my aunt and I don't trick, don't like to do trick or treating at our house because mm-hmm. it's like, first off, we don't really get a lot of trick or treaters, and secondly, it's mostly like adults. So mm-hmm. we're like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. So we just turn off the lights, you know. And so it's like if you don't want to trick or treat, just turn off the lights. Like you don't have to stab people. I'm surprised that your aunt doesn't give them candy and then call the cops on them for stealing candy. Well, she <laughs> she did this thing a couple years ago where yeah. she was like, because again, we don't really get a lot of trick or treaters, but then we started getting like some teenage kids, mm-hmm. and so she's like, well, since teenagers are coming, like I want to give them something. So she laid out, but she didn't want to like have to get up and get go to the door every time. Mm-hmm. So she laid out a bowl by the front door with a note that said, "Please take one," mm-hmm. and then was like very upset that when she like checked on it thirty minutes later, the the entire bowl, everything was gone, even the yeah. sign. Oh, really? Everything <laughs> yes. is gone and so i was like of course it would be gone <laughs> like of course i would have i was like i would have taken it uh <clears throat> so she um she she so we don't really do anything sometimes i'll get like excited about it but that's like if i'm at my parents house or yeah. you know where there's like kids mm-hmm. so now uh, let me ask you a question didn't weren't you also disturbed by the fact that she just she wasn't trick-or-treating. She just legit just straight up walked to the safe house. Yeah. It wasn't like she, she was holding a pumpkin. We saw so many shots of pumpkins. Yeah. I wonder if they like got like a sale on pumpkins. And they were like, well, we're using all the pumpkins. So, yeah. She just, she just walked up and knocked on the door. She didn't even say trick-or-treat. Mm-hmm. There was no interaction. So it's like, the, how would the person, how would Drag Marta know who that person is? That's what I'm saying. It was it was a very odd scene. It's a very odd scene. All right, let's move on. After Eva's elimination, Landon and Dahlia walk into the boudoir to find it decorated in jack-o'-lanterns. They're both giddy because they love Halloween. They also both speculate as to who was murdered. Landon thinks it was Eva, while Dahlia thinks it was Louisiana Purchase. Priscilla enters the boudoir and shares how intense the extermination challenge was. Priscilla then discusses how she also thinks Louisiana probably went home as well. 
With that, Louisiana Purchase walks through the door triumphantly and talks about how she was chosen to survive because she conquered her fear. Then the contestants all speculate what the Halloween-themed decorations could possibly mean on Dragula. Lori, your thoughts on this uh, pre-main challenge boudoir scene? Well, first off, I love how when they first walk through the door, Dahlia is scared by the <laughs> by the pumpkins. Yeah. Did you see that? <laughs> like, what? That's the least scariest thing. I didn't get the impression she was scared. I got the impression she was giddy. She was so excited because she loved uh, Halloween so much. Oh, the way I saw it was she walked through and she went, oh. <laughs> Ah! Ah! <laughs> standalone pumpkins but meanwhile they just walk through the uh, a door shaped like a coffin yeah seriously so that was uh, what i thought was funny i here's the thing yeah i thought this was interesting and i think this might have been like a like a afterthought where they mm-hmm. were like we gotta explain why Eva went home. Mm-hmm. And so I think they were like, Landon, if you can mention something, because Landon said like, oh, I think Eva went home because it seemed like she kind of gave up and she didn't really have a lot of fight left in her. Did they and see the like, episode I before? I didn't see that at all. Yeah, yeah, one where she's like, let's fucking do this, bitches. And then how about the part where Louisiana literally gave up? Yeah. <laughs> Does anyone remember that part? Yeah, she like fainted yeah. and had to sit down on a chair. Yeah. And give, so yeah, I don't yeah, it was weird. Also, I I love how like the pumpkins are just like it's just like they were like we can't attach anything to the walls. Mm-hmm. We can't have anything that attach. So what can we use? We can get 40 pumpkins. Let's just put them on the tables. <laughs> like yeah. I don't know. I thought well, that was kind of Well, what's funny is that you know they're going to the main challenge and I think it's Dahlia is like I hope it's Halloween themed. Yes. Like, really, Sherlock? Because first of all, you're in a fucking show called Dragula. You've been yeah. through eight weeks of this or eight episodes, and there's jack o' lanterns all over the fucking room. Yeah, they- <laughs> I'm so excited. I hope it's Halloween themed. <laughs> I would love it if they were like, "All right, Christmas." Yeah. All Let's right, everyone. Our favorite time of year, Easter. Yeah. Okay, Arbor Day. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there really wasn't. There, honestly, in these boudoir scenes, there's not much to them. The only thing I thought was kind of funny was Louisiana was like, I think they kept me because uh, I conquered my fear. And I'm like, where did she, when did she conquer her fear? She fucking fainted. Yeah, she never conquered her fear. No, she never conquered I, her fear. I also love, and this is just like a, a I know this just seems like a petty thing, but mm-hmm. I love how everybody grabbed a pumpkin. Yeah. Like, I'm not sure if they meant to. Well, I think they obviously they weren't supposed to because then the next shot when they enter the the stage is them not holding the pumpkins. Yeah. So I as a joke, I think they all uh, grabbed a pumpkin and then Priscilla goes, "What can I grab?" and grabs a candle. <laughs> it's just like, way to go, Priscilla. But if you <laughs> way think to about keep the, the if thing. you think about the logic of it, it's like, go put those pumpkins back. It's like, all right. Then they go yeah. back. Here are some pumpkins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. What are you guys doing? Why are you bringing pumpkins on stage? Now, here are your pumpkins to bring on stage. <laughs> oh, I guess we should take these pumpkins on stage. No, 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 no. Don't bring no, those pumpkins no, no. over here. Go Not put them those. back. No, no, no. Don't, don't, no, no, no. By the way, I love that they were like Michael's pumpkins. Oh, you know, like yeah. from, from like, or like from like Hobby Lobby. You know, they're not even real pumpkins. They're like those like, you know, Eva foam, wink, uh, pumpkins. 
Yeah. So anyway, all right, let's move on. Uh, the contestants are brought to the main stage where they are told that they will need to reinvent a classic Halloween archetype and reinvent the concept. Back in the boudoir, the contestants discuss their favorite Halloween costumes, which turns into a conversation about what has scared them. Louisiana shares that she had been in a horrible car accident 20 years ago, which gave her a new lease on life. Landon Sider fought cancer and had the same experience. Priscilla shares that she came out in high school in an area that is not very kind to gays. And Dahlia Black shares that she started her career at Pulse Nightclub and was very affected by the mass shootings there. The contestants then discuss the Pulse Massacre and how it changed queen, not queer I'm sorry, nightlife. Next, Priscilla apologizes to Dahlia and they discuss the argument. The conversation is interrupted when Israel walks into the room carrying a crate of fake pumpkins. A note from the Boulet brothers informs the contestants that they need to take these pumpkins and create jack-o'-lanterns that accentuate their floor show look. As the queens work on their looks, Landon discusses her mom, who died of breast cancer, when Landon was 21. I have a little thing to say about this. Remind me to say it. The next day, the contestants talk about their favorite and least favorite moments from the season as they get ready for the floor show. Lori, a lot to discuss here, but it's one big segment. Let's let's take it piece by piece, because it's it's a lot to digest, right? Yeah. I I thought it was a little interesting that they were super excited that they were going to be able to do a Halloween theme. Yeah. It was was almost like they were like, I didn't think this was going to (laughs) happen. Well, also, wouldn't you think you were doing a Halloween theme every week? Yeah, but but that, yeah, that's the thing. It's like they've done monsters before, mm-hmm. so it just yeah, it just. Also, I I know this sounds a little tacky, but yeah. I get a little frustrated when people go like, "The gay community loves Halloween." It's like I don't really care for Halloween. Yeah, I'm like, not a I big like Halloween it. person either. I like it. I mean, I get like I had fun when I was a kid and I get into it, but it's not like it's not something that I'm like, oh, I can't wait for Halloween. Here's the deal. I love the atmosphere. I love the feeling of a cold, you know, uh, blustery fall day and and the the, it gets dark earlier. I love the atmosphere of Halloween. I love everything about it. But the actual holiday itself. Yeah, I I agree. I feel like I feel the same way. I also, but so I kind of get frustrated when people are like, oh yeah, all the gay, everybody in the gay community loves Halloween. It's called gay Christmas. And I'm like, hey, no, Christmas is, is gay Christmas. Well, yeah, like, Christmas is pretty fucking gay. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think that's, it's got that. But, uh, so that was just something that I was like, okay. Yeah. But, um, what else did I want to talk about? Well, I can, I can I can lead you point by point, which is kind of what I was getting at, Laurie. Oh, now, sorry. Now, the, you know, they come in, they're talking about um, what the they start talking immediately almost about the, what scares them. Now, Louisiana talked about how she was in a car accident 20 years ago. Uh, did you have anything to say about that? Did I ever tell you about that girl that I dated that told me about the week from hell that made her want to move from San Luis Obispo to... Um, or uh, Los Angeles? No. It was the craziest freaking story. Okay. Wait, before you so, tell me, does that have anything to fucking do with Land Insider? A little bit, yeah. All right, go ahead. So, she got, broke up with Land Insider. I mean, right? not Land Insider, was, I'm sorry, Louisiana Purchase. Oh, sorry. She broke up with Louisiana, well, she saw Louisiana Purchase's butthole. That yeah. was on a Monday. Okay. No. Um, in, a, in a span of a week, mm-hmm. okay, she was having sex with a guy who died on top of her. Mm-hmm. Her best friend died of a drug overdose. On top of her? <laughs> on top of her. 
and she was in a terrible car accident that almost where a tree almost impaled her. Like it literally missed by inches her head. Mm-hmm. And she almost she was like they didn't know if she's going to be able to walk again. Mm-hmm. And she was going to school, I think, to be a vet. And then she just decided, you know what, I'm going to I need to I want to move down to um Culver City and kind of figure things out because I don't know if that's what I where where I want my life to go. But it was because of that. I just escaped death. Let me move to Culver City. Yeah, (laughs) I'm going to move to the mecca of eh, Culver City. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean that to me, like car crashes are that's crazy. I would say that would be very scary it is very scary it is very scary have you ever been in like a really bad car accident i've never been in a really bad car accident but one of the things i was thinking about i actually talked about this in my therapy session last week is you know if i were to talk about this i would talk i guess the closest thing i would have to this and probably actually closer to land to land insider's experience is that depression that i went through a year a little over a year ago that was the scariest shit I ever owned. Like, Lori, it's one of these things, and I it's hard to explain to people because I talk so fucking much that I couldn't talk for, like, hmm, four to six weeks. Couldn't talk. Really? Yeah. And was, couldn't move, was just lay in the bed catatonic. I wasn't eating at all. Oh, wow. And, so you were severely depressed. Yeah, and I was, like, literally seriously considering suicide. Like, to the point where it was weird. It was an, almost like a horror movie kind of way. And what I mean is... I would beg people to stay with me because I was afraid that if I was by myself, I would kill myself. So I wow. would say, please don't leave me alone. I don't want to. I didn't want to be alone. I didn't talk, but I didn't want to be alone because I was afraid of myself. So, well, thank God we weren't talking back then because I would have been like, oh, but can I go? Like, oh, sorry. <sighs> I would have been sitting there staring at you. And you know what I would do? It's so funny. It was almost like a Rain Man or not, or like Awakenings or something like that. All I would do all day is do crossword puzzles and um, Rubik's Cube. I became really good at the Rubik's Cube. I would just all really, I would, yeah. It's all I would do all day was do the Rubik's Cube or crossword puzzles and listen like soft piano. I I couldn't even handle uh, any kind of like talking or anything. So I would just listen to, like soft piano music and just meditate and 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 go in the hot tub and do like it was like i was like i was almost like it was in a little mini mental hospital you know and um and then i started taking my medication and what you know what was interesting about the medication was because i had taken years and years ago i'd gone on some sort of like depression drug Mm -hmm. and they tell you like it takes two weeks you know and it did it took like two weeks you were still depressed this one almost immediately to the point that i thought it was like uh uh what's that thing when like uh a placebo effect. Oh. Hello? A placebo? Yeah, a placebo effect. Where, that's like the first day, not the first day, the second day I took the pill, like, I had like an hour where I was normal, right? And then like, I had two hours, and I talked to my doctor, and he was like, oh, no, 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 with this new class of drugs, that can happen. Where it basically, what you do is you get like, a little bit more time every time until finally you have it all day. And that's exactly what happened. It took about three or four weeks, but after about three or four weeks, I was normal, you know, morning and night but there, there, oh, there was a, there was a while where it was like i'd have uh, the morning i'd be normal and then the night i would be like back it was weird i'd be talking to normal like just the way you hear me now and then by like 1 p.m i'd be like staring at the wall couldn't move anything that right anyway when i came out of it and this is the the birth of afterthought media you know before that i um 
was doing podcasting as a hobby and it would drive me Uh crazy. And I was trying to make money in a bunch of other ways, you know, and I realized I'm doing this wrong. I have to make podcasting my career and the not like the nonprofit, for instance, that has to be the side hustle. That has to be the side business. You're not going to make and everyone who works in the nonprofit world knows you're not going to make money in the nonprofit world. So that was when I made my decision um, to start Afterthought and pursue it as a career. And I've never regretted it ever. But it was coming out. You know, Landon talked about this. Louisiana talked about this. And it's so funny. Just like a week or two ago, I saw this Confucius quote. And the Confucius quote was, and I'm going to fuck it up because we're doing it from memory. But he's like, we're all born with two lives. Okay. The first life is the one that you're born with. And then the second life is the one when you realize you only have one life. Oh. And um and that was that was that was my through the looking glass moment was when I was like, oh wait, no, this this I have to live my life for me. I have to do what I want to do and to be happy because I I like I know it sounds silly, but anyone who's been through depression knows I stared death in the face just as much as Louisiana did, just as much as Landon did. I was, you know, five minutes by myself away from, you know, hanging myself or something. I know it sounds grim, but it's the truth. Well, I'm glad that you pulled through it. That that's uh and that's got to be terrifying. Oh, I'm waiting for the joke. No. But the short answer is that no, you've never been in a severe car accident, right? <laughs> that's the short answer. No, no, I've never been in a severe car accident. Uh all right, what about you, Lori? Have what about you? Have you had any kind of scary incident? Uh I had I had All right, incident- moving on. Oh, wait. <laughs> go ahead. I had incidents that I made up myself. <laughs> like I I had incidents where I used to always think people were following me and I still have that kind of like paranoia. Uh-huh. Like one time <laughs> one time I lived on a cul-de-sac. Yeah. And one time I was walking so my friend Holly lived across the street from me. Mm-hmm. And I was walking from her house to the uh to my house mm-hmm. and there was a car coming down the sh- the cul-de-sac so i couldn't cross the street so i went like around mm-hmm. you know the cul-de-sac yeah and the car went slowly and i thought oh my god this car's gonna kidnap me mm-hmm. and the car slowly ran wa- like drove and then parked at my house mm-hmm. so i immediately run screaming into my mom's house i'm being raped <laughs> My mom came out and the guy was like, I'm so sorry. I was going to ask if you guys knew how to get. And it was like the next street over. Oh. So he was lost. Um, that was really scary. Now, what did you think of Landon's uh, cancer battle? I thought it was I, I thought it was uh, interesting. I feel like Landon is very closed off, mm-hmm. you know, which I, I understand. But yeah. I thought it was... Um, it was very brave of her to open up about the cancer struggle. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's gotta be tough. And then we see that Priscilla came out in high school in a place that's not very kind of gay. I guess that could be really kind of scary. What were you as a teenager? Yeah. In North Carolina. Yeah. That's pretty brave. Yeah. And then Dahlia black, uh, she started her career at pulse nightclub and she was very affected by the mass shooting. She called people. She knew people who were there. What were your thoughts on this pulse thing? I mean, I could see like, look, if 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 
I I do a, some stuff at the Peck Theater at this mm-hmm. place that I do stand up shows at Oinovino. So I could see if there's like a shooting at that at the one of those places I could see being, you know, affected by that. Well, wasn't there but some I, sort of drama at the what the old uh, uh theater you were at that closed down at the IO West? Well, I mean, it shut got shut down cuz the owner of it was a terrible business business person but there but then a, a building was abandoned and they found out that there were people doing drugs and selling weapons inside the building <laughs> um so but i mean i you know there were no improvisers at that time yeah um, well, maybe that was maybe that was their thing they were like okay you're in an abandoned building selling drugs and weapons go yeah and they're just really committed to it and then they <laughs> Yeah, and then and then the cops came in and they thought that they, it was part of the scene. Yeah. Um. Uh. What was I? Gonna, oh, yeah. So I could see that. It just to me seems weird that that was the thing that she went to because yeah. it was like, you know, coming from somebody who's uh, she's very melodramatic. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just a fact. And so coming from somebody who's who's uh, uh, drama circles her like you know the plant the planets mm-hmm. orbiting the sun mm-hmm. like it it just seems weird to me that that's the thing that she goes to where she was she she's like not e- wasn't even involved in it in like uh, uh except for like a tangential relationship where she like yeah. used to perform there and she has friends who might have been there mm-hmm. so i just i just felt it just felt weird that she was like that she just seems very um like two-sided like for the example one of the things is like she uh with priscilla when priscilla apologized to her she was like oh thank you so much i appreciate you saying that and then her testimonial was like i figured eventually priscilla would come and apologize to me after she had gotten over her like it just kind of invalidated the apology Mm -hmm. and i thought i was like it's like she can't take any she can't let anything be what it is she can't Mm -hmm. let an apology be an apology she can't let a moment so it's like she constantly is talking about how she's guarded because she's had so many terrifying experiences in her life but yet the one time that she can share one of those experiences she talks about something that she wasn't even involved in Mm -hmm. well you know it's one of these things where like i and i mentioned this earlier it's just i just feel it's a weird choice to talk about the pulse massacre when a, a big part of your show is about how the hosts murder people you know, and not again, like I said, I am smart enough to know that, yes, there's a difference between what they're doing as art and they're and they're doing some sort of it's, there's a difference between fiction and reality. It yeah. just it just seems like an inappropriate choice to make. Like RuPaul's Drag Race had criticism when they had a Pulse nightclub segment. Uh, and I feel like when Cynthia Lee Fontaine talked about it during a, an Elimination Day episode, uh, segment, but. I think it's look. No one was complaining about it. I don't think it's weird. I mean, it, 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 I just thought it was an odd choice. I'm not offended. I just think it's a weird choice where you just so because so, so, if you think about it, if if you do buy, like a, a drag queen, you know there is there is uh, violence against you know trans women, and we just watched uh, Drag Morta murder a drag queen. You know that happens yeah. in real life all the time. Now I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm able to see that this is, you know, fiction. I realize it's not real. And then you just saw them 
murder another drag queen at the end of the show. And on previous episodes, we've seen them murder teenagers. We've seen them murder a bunch of adults. They're just constantly murdering, which is fine. That's sort of the humor of the show. I'm just thinking it's an odd choice than to be like, we're going to be really serious. <laughs> as well, Dahlia I, gets ready as the Grim Reaper to talk about that. I don't necessarily know if they... If they if the performers were thinking about that, yeah, you no, know, I don't know if they were thinking like, oh, this is a show where murder is, you know, I mean, coming from me who has a comedy show about women who commit heinous crimes, mm-hmm. you know, where we try and make light of like, no, we don't make fun of the victims or the act, but we try and make light of the podcast itself. But we talk about people, women who have murdered their kids or murder, you know, and so we try not to, we're not making fun of that, mm-hmm. but we're trying to, also have it not necessarily be like a a stone cold bummer yeah i think that's you know there it's a fine line Mm -hmm. but yeah i i get what you're saying i just don't feel like anybody kind of thought that Mm -hmm. um but yeah it is it is a little weird that they went on this then they then after that way they went to like this morality thing where they were talking about like gay life and how you know it's completely changed and then yeah you know, as they're putting on makeup to yeah. go be scary monsters. <laughs> to be like a sexy Satan. Yeah. Oh, and then can, I I laughed. I watched that scene at the chiropractor's office. I was laughing again at uh, the whole uh, <laughs> at Louisiana Purchase. Because, like, when you watch her talk about her outfit, mm-hmm. you, it, she does not mention once that she's going to be wearing, like, a suit. She talks about that, that like, neoprene or yeah. whatever it was thing. Like, it's going to be her a- whole outfit. Yeah. And then when you see it, you don't even see the, the stuff because it's behind her. Yeah. I was like, what the hell? Like, oh, my God. I was laughing so hard. I just thought that was so funny that she went through all that all that effort of slashing and, and burning, and you don't even get to see it. So, All right, back from the look segment. Uh, wh- what about when Priscilla apologized to Dahlia? Wh- what were your thoughts on that, Lori? I thought it was good that Priscilla apologized to Dahlia. Um, I, you know, I th- honestly, I, th- I could see where she's coming from. She was high energy. She was emotional. I have a feeling that she, you know, they still don't necessarily like each other, but mm-hmm. I think Priscilla was like, I should apologize. I, I do agree to a, a point that what Dahlia said was that she's like in this, in this stage of the competition, she wants me more of an ally mm-hmm. and less of an enemy. I mean, I don't technically see where that would work out because now they're in the final three. So it's like, what is she, how are they going to, you know, come together as allies? But um, I could see her wanting to kind of make peace and just sort of, you know, not necessarily keep feuding with anybody. But yeah, I did. I did kind of feel like it was like one of those things where it's like um, my mom and I got in this huge fight one time and I told her that, you know, I I didn't think she was a very good mom. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards I had to apologize. And I was like, I had to figure out a way to apologize without actually like apologizing for what i said because i believed it so mm-hmm. i was like i'm sorry i said things that might have hurt you mm-hmm. <laughs> i was like i'm sorry you took things a certain way like just try and so i felt like priscilla was doing that where she was trying to find wording to like say she was a s- sorry but not necessarily apologize for what she said oh really i uh I, th- I thought it was a good apology and i really genuinely accepted it. i think she realized she was under a lot of pressure 
Yeah. Look, I'll be honest with you. I wouldn't. I wouldn't um, disregard the idea, the notion that Priscilla knew exactly what she was doing, and that by building no. up a, 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 a rivalry for the cameras, as silly as she would, it would keep it. Would, it would guarantee her a position pr- from a producer standpoint. Or you don't buy into that. No. I could see that. Mm-hmm. I could see her saying, I think probably what happened was the producers were like, do you have any feelings about Dahlia? Would you like to share them? And then she was like, and she took it to the extreme. But you well, can tell in the fight that she's just like, she's just letting it all go. You mm-hmm. know, she's upset that she got the key. She's ups- She was upset that she's been a bitch. She's upset that she's been talking shit. Mm-hmm. She's upset that, you know, she's been coasting, as yeah. she says. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that, um, it kind of all just came out in that fight, and I think it was just all nerves. So. I want to talk about something that happens during while the queens are talking about the inspiration for their looks. Landon just out of nowhere says that uh, talks about her mom who died of breast cancer when Landon was twenty one. And what's odd about I feel you know I feel every single contestant got their moment, but it was usually in weeks and they would be in trouble. And yeah. since Landon wasn't in trouble, and this was the last regular filmed episode, they were like, well, we got to just trot out the mom somehow and ask her to talk about it. Because I actually do not understand the connection between the mom dying of cancer and her doing uh, a sexy wolfman. Yeah. I don't understand that either. I mean, it, I, I'm assuming her mom was a, a costume person, right? I think, that, they, I think they tried to make a loose connection, but I think that was supposed to be her segment she hadn't gotten a segment and that was her segment they realized we're you know the the person is probably going to win we don't know anything about her which is sort of the thing they complained about dahlia last week we're like we don't know you we're like well, what do you know about land insider yeah they were yeah when they were like you know we don't pick people we to to win that we don't know it's like name one thing personal about land insider that you know but that no but i think here's the deal i think that's exposing what the show is because like i told you if you look up land insider on youtube there are a ton of videos of her performing at queen kong she knows the boulet brothers they've worked together before so many times clearly so i think they do know land insider oh Okay, well then probably. I I also feel like <laughs> I feel like I feel like it was Landon Sider who pushed that in. Mm-hmm. Because Maybe. I feel like she's been dealing with, you know, drama queens mm-hmm. the whole entire season and she's, you know, she's not somebody who wants to who like necessarily feels like she needs to interject herself. Yeah. So, I think she probably was like she had a picture book and the photo out and immediately was like this yeah. this is a great uh, costume because it reminds me of my mother and it was like she went into it so you know she was like I have been waiting mm-hmm. <laughs> to talk about my mother since episode one uh-huh. and you bitches have not allowed me to do so so now I'm going to shoehorn it in no matter what <laughs> so she just kept going which I'm like okay Um, what was I going to tell you okay so uh, let's move on actually let's talk about the look let's talk about the floor show let's talk about that lip sync well, one thing I wanted to ask you. Yeah. So, he- here's my question. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Those pumpkins that they have to carve. Yeah. Uh-huh. Are those real? Like real pumpkins? Or are they real? Are they real pumpkins? No, I talked about this earlier. They're clearly pumpkins from like, you can get those at like Michael's or a craft store, like Hobby Lobby. And they're like made out of some sort of foam. 
Okay, but they actually carve them then, right? Yeah, yeah, you carve it like kind of like you would do a pumpkin. You can carve it with like a razor, like a safety razor, like a an exacto knife. But uh, you don't. You know, also it's probably less messy. You don't have to like dig shit out. True. And, yeah, like, you don't do have to dig out the guts. Yeah. Okay. My second. My second question is, what the fuck is up with all these pumpkins? Like, why is it pumpkins are the big thing? And the only time it ties into the the competition when we we'll get to later is when they show it at the end when they judge their outfits. Mm-hmm. They have like a stand where they show their pumpkins. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't get well, that. Well, you know, I'll, I'll say this. Is this a gay man thing? They just like sticking their penises in pumpkin holes? Oh my god, no. No, I think I think this is actually where we would see that Eva this is the the Boulet brothers seem to do this a lot on this show. And it seems like these are the kinds of moments that Eva would fail at. Where like they say, Okay, so the Queens knew they in other words. The queens don't, spoiler alert, much like on RuPaul's Drag Race, the queens know what looks they're bringing in advance, right? So Eva paid a lot of money to somebody to make all these looks for the show, okay? But the Boulet brothers would always, in most challenges, throw in some sort of twist that would force the queens or the contestants to be creative, okay? And now do more on top of the looks that they bought. And that's why I think Eva always failed was Eva didn't know how to be original creative because she bought her outfits. It's a legitimate criticism. So I think with the pumpkin, this would have been another case where Eva would have failed. It would have been like just like a circle, you know, and she would have been like, this represents that I'm a whole person. And you're like, okay, well, yeah, (laughs) it would have been, she would have shaved part of her body and put it on the pumpkin. Yeah. So my pumpkin is hairy like me. Yeah, I was called a pumpkin when I was a kid and start crying because she went into a special school. So, uh, but yeah, all right, I that's yeah, that's all. I, I just was. I thought maybe it was like a gay man thing where they they just find pumpkins attractive. So they were like, let's let's carve some pumpkins. All right, let's go. I'm gonna I'm gonna name the person and the look, and you give me your one sentence review. Ready? Okay. Louisiana Purchase as the devil. Uh, I mean, I've seen 12-year-old girls who have scarier costumes. Well, I think it's so funny. You can look up Sharon Needles. Sharon Needles has a very similar outfit that she's done many times before in the past. And so, like, how is it any original or, or, you know, reinventing the look at all? I feel this is the standard go-to drag queen version of a devil. It's also, like, not... It's it's not scary. The only thing that she, like, even made or tried to, like... Do herself, A, you can't see, which I'd like mm-hmm. to point out again. Mm-hmm. And she tries her dumb, like, uh, like you know, she goes on the splits and tries to light a candle in a mm-hmm. purse or some dumb shit. And the only thing that I thought was semi-interesting was that she had that wig that looked like it had 666 mm-hmm. on it. But it's like, after that, it's like, it's not scary. It's mm-hmm. just dumb, you know? I don't know. Yeah. I just uh, I I do love though that the only outfit where she is fully clothed is the one that she goes home in. So. <laughs> All right, uh next we have Priscilla Chambers as Frankenstein. One sentence review. From the neck up great. I agree. Land insider as the wolfman. Uh I, you know, I Yeah. I'm very attracted to this and i don't know why i i've seen if you go on the on the reddit boards a gay men specifically bisexual men and lesbians are just going ape shit over this 
outfit and look. Now, I will say I did like it more when it wasn't when he was you didn't see the hair. Like mm-hmm. I thought it was a lot more sexy when it was just the mask and the and the you know the leather all the leather. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, I don't know I don't know what, but it did st- it did something. So. All right. Did you would you hook up with uh, Land Insider? No, mm. I don't. Th- I don't think. I'm not attracted to Land Insider as um, I'm attracted to the performer. Uh-huh. The performer, and it's not even really like a sexual attraction. It's more of like a oh my god, that's amazing kind mm-hmm. of attraction. But yeah, no, I don't think we we're not compatible in that way. All right. Now, finally, Dahlia Black as the Grim Reaper. Um, you know, I thought it was good, but from the other looks that she's done, eh. yeah, it's one of the. It, it looked good. I didn't get Grim Reaper from it, just as she was holding a Sith. Yeah, I thought I thought it was. You know, I mean, to be honest with you, I feel like the Grim Reaper is kind of like one of those things that's subjective in a way. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, as long as you have like that kind of goth kind of look, I feel mm-hmm. like it it works. Mm-hmm. And so I don't. I, I just didn't feel like she was... I felt like she was too colorful, to be honest with you. Which is weird, because she's mostly white. <laughs> so. Alright, uh, well, that's the floor. What did you think of that lip sync, by the way? Oh, my God, oh, that was awful. waste of time nightmare. Oh, my God. And, awful. like, Landon, I thought, was okay in the beginning, because she was actually, like, trying to be, like, move on stage. But everybody mm-hmm. else was doing, like... And <laughs> here's another thing. Why did they start the song at the beginning? Why didn't they just start it at the music? Wait, that makes Why, no sense. Or the singing. Oh, I see. Why do they have, they literally had like a minute and a half of just no lyrics whatsoever. Uh-huh. And we get to see like just them trying to weirdly dance. And it was just like one of those things where it's like, why don't they just do the song like as they're on the runway? Why do they have to do the runway and then do the song? I don't like, know. I don't get it. Good. It's so dumb. It's so so dumb. It doesn't ever ever work. And I will. And another thing is, I will say that I thought Landon Sider, for as good of a performer she was, I thought you with her mouth guard thing, and you couldn't really see what lyrics she was saying. Yeah, like it was clear that Louisiana didn't know the words. Yeah, and it was clear that Priscilla didn't know the words. Yeah. And it was. And uh, um, I thought. Uh, Dahlia did well. I was actually shocked when they gave that thing that she was very demure. I thought she was great. I thought she did what you're supposed to do in the lip sync, which is know the words and look at the audience. <laughs> you which know, it's, a, nobody there, else did. There's a lot of criticism on the boards because they all just echo whatever the Boulay brothers say about, you know, Dahlia Black and her lack of characterization, which, by the way, I want the record to show the Boulay brothers never say that she lacks characterization. They said no. she lacked energy. It was one of the guest judges that said that she lacked character. She didn't know who her character was, and I was and, and the characterization. I was just like, and I I know people are getting giving Dahlia shit because they don't like her because she's bratty, but like, it's a looks challenge. Like, what do you mean? I don't. Maybe I just don't understand. What do they mean by your character? I guess they're saying that she's not like embodying what it means to be the Grim Reaper, which is like, well, then you know then Priscilla's not embodying what it means to be lesbian Frankenstein. Like, yeah. you know, or uh, 
uh, Louisiana is not embodying what it means to be Satan. Mm-hmm. So you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna play that card, then you got to play it with everybody else. Yeah, that's the part I don't get. Now there have been times where on Landon's looks, you can tell there's a whole story and thought behind the look. But I would say that wasn't on all the looks, and I would say Landon was the exception and why she's gonna win. You know, yeah. but I would say that most queens didn't have a story. It wasn't like, oh, there's a whole story here behind this. Well, I will say one thing that keeps getting in Dahlia's way, which I think is is getting a little tired, mm-hmm. is that she keeps she wears uh, uh I forgot what they're called, but she wears like a mask on her face, mm-hmm. like she has a plastic mask on her face, so she can't really show expressions, mm-hmm. and so she's been told many times that she's express expressionless, and mm-hmm. she's like, well, I can't show expressions because I have this mask on my face. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, then take off the fucking mask, mm-hmm. like have makeup. You know, like, so I think it's, I think that's going to be her downfall is just her thinking that she can just keep doing yeah. the same thing yeah. and that she's not going to, you know, nothing's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, okay. All right. There's going to be a lot of reading here, but so bear with me. All right. During final judgment, the gener- the judges were generally positive with the contestants. Dahlia was critiqued for her lack of energy, and one judge noted that she felt Dahlia didn't have a fully realized character. Dahlia explains that she didn't realize she would need to show up to- with fully realized characters. The Boulay brothers then named Landon Sider as the winner of the challenge. Then immediately, the Boulay brothers announced that all of the monsters, including Landon, will need to make their way to an abandoned haunted attraction where they will need to make the- their way, I said that twice, through the house all while being pulled and prodded by hired ghouls in order to find a lit jack-o'-lantern with an invite to the top three next to it. Back in the boudoir, the contestants share their thoughts about the challenge. Dahlia is fine with the challenge, but she doesn't want to be lifted or have her wig pulled. Priscilla talks about how she thinks Dahlia is all looks with no depth. What does that mean? I don't know. I this is a show know. about looks. Like, in other words, I- let me put it this way. I mean, let's think about the host of the show. The Boulay brothers are all about... Is there a story with the Boulay brothers? Well, they're, they're, I guess their openings are the, their story. Their monsters yeah, but when you see them just doing looks, I mean, what do they do that's so... It, I, mean, I don't know. The, the I Boulay, mean, I, to is, be honest with you, I think it's all just throwaway lines. Is there depth to the Boulay brothers? I mean, it depends on what your definition of depth is. I don't know. Well, not from what I see. During the extermination challenge, the contestants make their way in total darkness through the attraction as monsters grab them and pull them and physically engage with them. At several points, they're doused with fake blood. Ultimately, they all make it to the final room where they find a monster seated with a lit jack-o'-lantern and holding a scroll. All of the queens grab the scroll and make their way back, except for Louisiana, who knocks the scroll over and then grabs the jack-o'-lantern instead before heading out. Later that night, Louisiana is strolling through a spooky Halloween display. The Boulay brothers' arms reach out and choke her, and then drag her to a tub filled with water and apples. They drown her in the tub and leave her for dead. Lori, any final thoughts on the episode? Um, uh, I thought the haunted house was dumb. Okay. I thought it was, I thought it was not... I feel like it could have been scarier. Mm-hmm. Um, and also it was like... I would have liked there to be obstacles, you know, or something where they had to like, instead of just walking blind, were they walking blind or were they just like, they should have set up like night convention cameras that were stationary throughout the house. And you just saw them walking through because 
Yeah, the that way they were doing, you know, the way they were doing it, they would have the light on. So, like in theory, then Louisiana could see. Yeah, and Louisiana kept falling down and like showing up and like turning around and presenting her butt. Like it was like she was like she like she's like, well, I'm just gonna accept my fate. <laughs> like here's my ass. Yeah. Um, and I just I don't know. And you brought up a good point, which I've been thinking about a lot lately. Is like. It, what happens if Landon hadn't gotten the last scroll? I don't know. Or, or, or was there a scroll that said you didn't make it? Like, what would happen if they all got him? Yeah. I mean, do you think, based off, do you think that they eliminated Louisiana based off the extermination? Based off the fact that Absolutely. she didn't you grab You can't tell. You can't tell. Did they, did they do it off the extermination? I don't think so. I think that they, I think they already, I think they already know who they're going to eliminate. Yeah, of course they do. I think it like sounds never not doing the not doing the the extermination at all. Mm-hmm. I think they're like, look, we're gonna eliminate. It's if it's between Louisiana and Priscilla, we're gonna eliminate Louisiana. Yeah, unless Louisiana like somehow gets you know leaves the leaves the extermination, then we'll yeah. or Priscilla leaves and then we'll eliminate Priscilla. Mm-hmm. But I think they have the person that they want. Yeah, and then it's just kind of like you just go from there. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like they kind of have to plan for like, it, it was kind of like she, the, the person who was holding the pumpkin didn't even really want Louisiana to grab the squirrel. So it no, was it, just, it looked like it genuinely just fell. It, it, looked like, it, looked, it looked like she knocked it over. It was just, I felt like it was poorly constructed. I felt like it was one of those things where they just didn't really have a lot of time to fully put, you know, time into the, the haunted house. And I felt like it, that could have been a lot of fun and they could have done stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it would have been fun if they had brought back the monsters, the, the Queens that had left mm-hmm. and had them scare the Queens. Oh, that or, would have been fun. Yeah. Yeah. Or do so. You know, I just, I think sometimes I, I wish that I'm hoping in, in next season, they put a little more thought into the exterminations and the, and that the exterminations actually mean something. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like the exterminations are just another thing, mm-hmm. you know? Like, if you put the extermination in the middle of the show, mm-hmm. it wouldn't make a difference. Yeah, it really wouldn't. It really wouldn't. So, yeah. And I think Priscilla is just, again, I think she's just projecting, to be honest with you. I think Priscilla is just seeing, is just trying to put what she's, what she's afraid people are going to think of her onto mm-hmm. Dahlia. Yeah. So... All right. Any other final thoughts on this episode, Lowry Roggenkamp? Um. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad Louisiana left. I I will say I thought that she was she was a very sweet person, mm-hmm. albeit uh, overly confident about mm-hmm. her ability. You know her uh, her butt, and uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, but I I. And also she gave it her all, you mm-hmm. know, for the most part, ex- mm-hmm. except for when she didn't. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad that she she's the one who was eliminated. I was very worried that um, Dahlia had talked herself into being killed because I feel like that's going to be Dahlia's downfall is her ego. Yeah. Well, look, um, it, it's pretty yeah. much landed to take. Now, I am very curious, you know, so next week is the reunion. Okay. In fact, the name uh-huh. of the episode is Back from the Dead. And, uh, you know, I think this cast pretty much got along, because I don't know if there'll be any fireworks, but we, who knows, right? But yeah. one of the things we should do for the next episode is revisit our Meet the Monsters and who we predicted 
we would last. Did we make any predictions on Meet the Monsters? I think I said Eva was going to take it, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I, well, I, we have to we have to go back and listen to Meet the Monsters and see what we thought of all these contestants. Yeah, I would do that. I would go through that. Yeah, we'll see. I don't honestly legit don't think that I even picked Landon to be in the. T- I thought Landon would be like eliminated right away. I wonder if we discussed that. If we speculated. I don't, I don't know. know if we did. I don't know. Well, we're gonna find out next week. So I I have a second question. Do you think that the same do you think that the same person who killed the person at the front door is the person who choked Louise? Do you think that the deaths at the end of the show are connected to the deaths at the beginning of the show, or do you think that they're all they're not that it's not connected? I don't think they're connected. Okay. Yeah. But they've sure murdered a lot of people. I was hoping that that it would we, there would be a through line, but it doesn't seem like there is. I think the Boulay brothers have said that there is, but I can't tell what it is. Yeah, I don't know. Unless they co- unless they figure out a way to tie it all together at the very end. Yeah, it's, it's going to take some work. All right, well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Hello Uglies. Be sure to join us next week and every week as we continue to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each brand new episode of Dragula Season 3. So, for Lowry Rackenkamp and myself... Shut up! Roddenkamp hosts her own podcast, and they're all a part of the Bloody Podcast Network. You can follow Lori Roddenkamp on Instagram at PickleMyth. Joe Batanz is one of the hosts of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. You can find that show on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow Joe Batanz on Instagram and Twitter at Joe Batanz. That's J-O-E-B-E-T-A-N-C-E. Hello Uglies is an Afterthought Media podcast.